This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3117 for Tuesday the 14th of July 2020. Today's show is entitled The Joy of Retro Computing. It is hosted by Nightwise and is about 32 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Nightwise talks about the old computers in his attic and how it is a lovely geek getaway. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey there, Hacker Public Radio. It's been a while since I've done one of these. This is Nightwise from the Nightwise.com podcast, checking in. Um, and it's been a while, but I'm on my way to work in Brussels, uh, and I'm taking the car. And it's uh, it's been quite a, quite a couple of, well, I think, two years since I've done this. Mostly I commute by train, and of course, since the COVID thing, I've been working from home mostly. So the new rule is going to be that we have, in, have to head into work occasionally. So today is one of those occasional days. And because of the fact that when I'm uh, taking the train, uh, I'm, I'm using a quite a busy public transport for about three hours a day, especially with the rate of contamination at the, this moment, I decided, no, I'll just go by car. So for once in a while, you know, just taking the car and driving to Brussels is fine as long as you don't have to do it every day. Um, perfect time to sit back and uh, pick up an old hobby, recording podcasts in the car. I've done this for a while. Spec'd out to do everything that I need. I'm just using a lapel mic, so uh, excuse the road noise. But that's not really, you know, what HBR is all about, about, you know, high-definition quality. Um, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is about a little donation that I got. Um, I'm an IT consultant. I have my own company, um, and you know I'm always working with technology. And uh, of course, when you're a geek and you're a nerd, uh, well, a geek actually, um, you also like working with technology when it's you know your free time. All of my computers are kind of centered around work. You know, I either work for as a contractor for a client or I work for my own client. So, you know, all the laptops that I have, I have a MacBook Pro and I have a, an X1 ThinkPad, are all like specced out with, with stuff relating to work. And especially since I've been working from home so much, whenever I look at those two machines, I go like, work. And there's stuff to be done. So uh, I decided especially during the lockdown, to give myself a little playpen where when I, you know, use those computers when I'm in, in, in that room, I've got a hobby room upstairs, it's all about play. And uh, one of the things to, that I've done to step back out of the busy rat race 
of, of modern day technology was to give myself technology that just couldn't handle modern day technology. So I've been kind of going into retro computing a little bit. Um, to picture this or to frame this story, I would have to go back to the beginning of my IT career. It was 1993 when, um, after owning a Commodore 64 and an Amiga for games, I needed a computer to uh, write some essays for school. And I got my first Pentium 75 uh, running Windows 95. Um, I kind of used that computer and it was I was kind of getting interested in computers again uh, for a couple of years, but mostly using it for school um, when I met my current wife. Um, and her dad was a major, major computer, well, not geek, guru. I remember meeting the man for the first time and I had a little problem with my computer and you know this was the first time I met my you know my, the, the father of my girlfriend you know it's always a very intimidating moment and I had mentioned to to my girlfriend I said like yeah I got this TV card it's not working and she said like my dad can take a look at that so, well, fine so you know I met the man and I said like oh Willie I've got you know problem blah, blah. She said, oh yeah bring it along we'll take a look at it so you know next time we go up take my little tower under his arm walks upstairs I follow him and he opens this door and this door is a massive room filled with computers it's 1996 he's got every imaginable imaginable machine there from a TRS-80 to a PC-10 Commodore to Pentiums Pentium 2s dual core machines the whole thing it's like Valhalla it's filled with disks and <laughs> illegal copies of, of software. It's filled with books, with, with all kinds of stuff. It's this massive, massive hobby room. And this is where I learned my trade. Uh, he taught me everything I know. And a year later, I finished my studies and went to work into the computer shop that he started to, he uh, helped to start up. So I got into IT thanks to him. Fast forward 25 years to the current date. The man's retired. He still has a laptop, but he's not really into computers anymore. The day he stopped teaching is kind of the day he, he kind of stopped geeking out. He went like, you know what? I'll just put a laptop downstairs and I'm fine. That's great. So this massive room has just been standing there, preserved in time, filled with magazines from the late 80s early 90s filled with discs and software and stuff like that and the room has always fascinated me so because he doesn't use it anymore I've started to curate it so I've asked him you know Willie can I take some of that old stuff because he was thinking about clearing it out and I'm like no no that can never happen you cannot clear it out so he said you know what you know just take what you want you know, I, I, we bought a new house two years ago. I have a little den upstairs. And he said, like, you know, take whatever you want. You know, just put it in the den. And if you want it, if you want to play with it, go for it. So I have started the process of collecting some of the things that uh, he, is, uh, he has up there. And it's beautiful. I mean, ma reading magazines from the early 90s, about how, you know, computer magazines like Computer Total, uh, Computer Total, which is a, a Dutch magazine, uh, stuff like that, you know, he has massive collections of those. 
So I started, you know, whenever my wife goes to visit her parents, I dive upstairs and my wife groans and go like, oh my God, he's hoarding again. So I just, like like an Indiana Jones, I'm collecting tidbits of, of beautiful, beautiful retro technology. Uh, I found a couple of, two, two librettos running Windows 95. Um, a couple of old laptops, um, of course, uh, one or two old PC towers, and I've started bringing this stuff home and started collecting it. And this has become my new hobby. This, this retro PC, um, I don't know, not a fixation, but but you know, my retro PC world. I, I go upstairs to my little den, and I step back in time. You know, it's it's messy there. I don't care. It has cables and stuff all over it it actually is starting to look like the office of my father-in-law um but i love it there it's 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 like a little spa you walk back you take a step back from from the internet of the day and it it might be a wave of nostalgia passing over you but it's also this this little room of challenges challenges to get stuff working again and and the satisfaction of doing so so i've started collecting old pc towers and whenever i go to the recycling center or i i see one of those you know uh dumpsters with tech in them i always start sniffing around if i can find something from the past and the past is fleeting so my time is short and i'm trying to hold on to as much as i can so one of the missions that I'm trying to do is putting together um, a Windows 98 machine with original pieces. And the original pieces by that, I mean the pieces that I used to work with when I started my career. I started my computer career in 1997, uh, 1998, about there. Um, in this small little computer shop that used self you know that would self assemble pc for their customers and i've assembled many 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 pcs there we did our own assembly we learned to do it in a certain way and and, and this this uh, computer shop was very highly regarded had an excellent reputation because of the material that they used and the way the computers were constructed because you know we learned the trait and we had a reputation this, this shop was called Bell's Computer Shop. And uh, when you'd work there, um, people would say, you know, and you would move on to other, to other um, gigs, uh, other things, your resume would mean something. Well, whoa, yeah, you're a Bell's guy. Yes. Okay. You've been trained in, in assembly and software uh, configuration by the best. You know, they were very strict and they had a very, very successful business because they were so, so very focused on quality. So fine, um, I am trying to reassemble one of those machines. So I have been looking for a case, you know, once in a while the boss would order one of, a shipping container full of computer cases in China. Shipping container would arrive, we would pack it all out, stuff it in the store, <laughs> everywhere. And that would be the case that we used for the couple two months or three months until the next container arrived and we got another model. So these Bell's computers had very distinct cases and you could know by the case what time it was that the computer was, was working, so was, was assembled. 
<clears throat> so I'm working on <clears throat> on one of these cases to get the pieces together again. So I found some pieces at my, my father-in-law and I'm scrounging pieces all over and I'm putting a machine together from, <clears throat> from the olden days. Um, with the speakers, monitors are almost impossible to find, um, but I'm trying to find a, a keyboard from the time speakers from the time you know because the, the the owner would also order a container of speakers that would go out with every pcs and these speakers would be branded with his logo they were shit you know they didn't sound good at all but you know they did stuff like that and it was it was great uh it's great doing that because it's so much fun to dive back in time dive back into your old knowledge your own knowledge to to kind of remember yourself you know what was this like back in the days what did what was this what, what did we what were the challenges that we met and um, I continually continually um, find myself challenged by this technology and it's beautiful you know I am I, I, um, I remember getting the main board up and running and I went like oh yeah good I got a Windows 98 P a CD I'll just pop it in there and then Oh yeah, that's right. These things don't boot from CD. They didn't boot from a CD. You needed the DOS disk. Oh, the really freaking. Where am I gonna get a DOS disk? So you find yourself a floppy disk, and then it begins. You know, you have the massive internet to assist you, and bless the Matrix um, and Jason Scott and his 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 goons for the Internet Archive, which is absolutely stacked with these things. I also love his podcast. Um, check out Jason Howell talks his way out of it which is all about old technology retro and and his past stories stories like this and and uh, you know you find these things and then you go like yeah uh, how do I oh yeah how do I get this to a disc alright okay I got a USB floppy drive that's fine okay blah 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 and it goes on like this but it becomes even more interesting when you go way back and you suddenly go towards five and a quarter inch floppy disks how the hell am I going to get a, get software on there from the modern day internet? So bridging that gap from today to yesterday is is a beautiful challenge and requires quite a bit of thinking. So I've been working on a couple of projects. Um, so far, I have restored a Windows XP laptop uh, to Shiba from the day because I found it with its original restore CD in there. I'm working on a Windows 98 laptop at the moment um, that's a challenge um, it doesn't no it's a Windows 95 laptop it doesn't even have a it doesn't even have a CD-ROM so I need to, to find the Atapi CD-ROM driver and and modify the autoexec.bat you bloody young kids don't even know what I'm talking about but think about brain surgery on your iPad uh, <laughs> to get it working um, and, and getting a CD-ROM operational again just to install Windows 95. And then, you know, the quest for drivers begins. And it's, it's, it's archaeology. It actually is. And all of that has been a very refreshing um, opportunity, a very refreshing way for me to, to be around computers yet not feel the stress of work and the rush of everyday internet with its information overload and its constant distractions. 
And I've been working on a couple of machines and last weekend I actually got the chance to get a, get my hands on a couple of retro Macs. The local community center was vandalized and uh, th these guys are actually next door and some kids broke in and smashed the place up and you know I live in a small town, a little community so everybody knows everybody. And since I, I own an IT firm uh, together with my wife, I immediately called up the guys that are responsible for the community center and said, like, hey, uh, I heard about this. Is there anything we can do? Just say it. And, and they went like, yeah, can you help us with, with cameras and internet and stuff? So I helped them out with installing a couple of ring cams, uh, making a new Wi-Fi network for them, stuff like that. So and while I was working on it, these are, you know, beautiful, lovely people that do this, you know, just in their spare time, totally for free. So I decided, you know, my, my, my firm's going to help them out pro bono. Um, so I did that. Um, and um, it was fun. It was, it was really nice. And um, as we were doing this, we started talking about, you know, hobbies. And I went like, yeah, I'm, I'm into PCs, but I'm into, you know, in my free time, I, I love to have some retro PCs. And the guy says, well, you know, um, and he says, where do you get them? I said, well, mostly I sometimes I get a donation or sometimes I find them in the recycling center. And I love doing that, you know, finding them, fixing them up and, and donating them, especially the machines that still work. And she said, he says, like, well, really? Because, um, you know, I got a couple of old Macs at home. And I went like, oh, you do? Yeah. I said, like, there's one, there's this little ball and, and you know, two others of them. And, and I was going to take them to the recycling center, but but if you want them, you can pick them up. And I went like, yeah, sure. So, um, weekend rolls along. He calls me up. He says like, hey, I found them in the attic and I cleaned them up and they're downstairs and you want to come and pick them up. So I was kind of excited about this. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe there's a G3 in there. Uh, I wanted to get my hands back on an iPad, uh, iPad, no, no, iMac G3. Because these are one of the machines I used to work on when I was a kid, when I was a kid, when I was a youngster, when I was just getting into computers, you know. Uh, I worked at a local, um, at a, a multimedia testing center that had a couple of Macs, and I remember opening up a Mac the first time, which was amazing. Um, and I went like, oh yeah, maybe there's a little, you know, iMac uh, G3 there, with a bonny blue little ball. That'd be nice, they're pretty. So I go up, he opens the door and there are two G4 IMAX you know the the, the, the ones with the, the half the ball and the, the, the TFT screen on a swivel now these things are rare yeah two of them and uh, an iMac G5 first generation and I was like holy beep word this is awesome so um, sorry for the road noise I'm on really really bad uh Belgian roads for the moment, so sorry about that. So I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, I really want this. And he said, like, sure, sure. So I came home with two iMacs and uh, three iMacs, a G5, two G4s, a couple of uh, all the keyboards, all the mice, all the cables, uh, and these machines were perfectly operational. So these, um, this is going to be my next quest restoring one of them to Mac OS 9 and restoring one of them to Mac OS 10. 
the software, the OSs that they use to run in the day. And I found uh, a lot of things on the Internet Archive, but I've also found this beautiful site called the Mac Garden that curates Apple software from the days. It's like the Internet Motherload Archive for Mac users. And they have a massive, massive amount of software and games, uh, all beautifully described, all downloadable, but they also have an FTP server, and wow, I mean, just doing this over FTP is bloody great, because these machines are are old, you know, they're, I think that's an 800 megahertz G4, a 900 megahertz G4, and I think it's a gigahertz G5, I'm not sure, I have to check. And you can't run any modern operating system on them anymore because, um, you know, Apple doesn't support BBC anymore. You, I think you can go up to 10.4 or something, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, they're also horribly under spec. Now, you can open them up, and I think that I have uh, a lot of recycled RAM at home, so I can probably pimp them up RAM-wise to, to about a gig or two gigs of RAM, which is... You know, for the 256 megabytes, they come by a massive amount of RAM. And there are even adapters that you can get to put in an SSD. So you can pimp that little Mac a little bit to get uh, faster. But you have to, you know, take into account that, you know, the processor just isn't there yet. And I've seen beautiful projects of people just yanking out the guts, putting in a, <clears throat> a Raspberry Pi into this beautiful case of an iMac G4 and using it as a, as a computer that way. But, you know, the, the TFTs are good, but they're not fantastic. This was the first-generation TFT, of course. Uh, they have light bleed, you wouldn't believe, but they're beautiful and they're wonderful to work with. So instead of pimping it up to a modern-day machine, I decided, you know, just, let's just leave them in the past. Let's just, you know, enjoy the past and restore them to their original states with the original software they used to run back in the day so that's becoming my mission so next week uh last weekend i took off all the data from the previous owner because he asked me said like there's so many pictures on there i don't know how to get them off can you please help me so i had been spending you know setting them all up on our living room table my wife is going like you're nuts they're beautiful but you're nuts and i love you um, and trying to get the data off. These things are USB 1. They are horribly slow. Um, and, you know, Finder wouldn't really work with me, so I just, you know, opened up the terminal, zipped all the local data, exported to a USB di disk, and it was beautiful seeing these machines chugging to get it everything, to chugging to get every single file into a USB uh, zip file, and then... Uh, painfully stake uh, painfully slowly uh, migrate uh, copying them through a USB disk it was it was delightful to see uh, and meanwhile I uh, took out I, I pulled out the keyboards and uh, these are these transparent keyboards remember from the days uh, that were full of gunk and nails and food rests and ugh. and uh, I, I cleaned them up cleaned them out put them back together it's beautiful it's it's absolutely fantastic and it's, it's a step back in time. And I love that, uh, to, to do just that. And maybe you have some old stuff lying around as well. Um, 
that you want to play with that you that you have forgotten and you think like hey that's just lying around maybe I should get rid of it maybe you shouldn't maybe you should go back to that day and, and that you bought it and maybe you should go back to that time that you had the challenges that you used to overcome uh, in order to get it working and, and kind of feel the satisfaction again of, of, of doing that it's nostalgia on one end but on the other hand it has confronted me with the fact that how easy computers have gotten I mean I'm, I'm taking an iPad Pro to work these days uh, yeah an iPad Pro to work these days um, with a keyboard and a mouse and this is becoming my, my, my mobile computer I'm not even not even taking a PC to work anymore just the iPad um, there is no skill involved in turning on an iPad there's no skill involved in getting iOS on there there's no skill involved in Android <clears throat> it's just you go to the store you tap 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 and it's done and for the average user they go like yeah kids these days are really good with computers yeah A that's because they grew up with them and B is because they're freakingly easy I mean a two year old can start up an application on a Mac or on a PC these days, or on a tablet, or on a window, I don't know. They just have to tap. I would give my two-year-old niece a libretto, a couple of DOS discs, and challenge her to, come on, get Doom running there. I don't think a two-year-old could really successfully pull that off. I can fairly confidently say that the 46-year-old, me, has a hard time getting that working again. Because it used to be harder. And it also used to be a challenge and you used to be able to learn stuff. These days we learn mostly of, you know, how to, to do things with computers. They're becoming more and more appliances. And in a way, that's a good thing. That's what they're for. But learning or going back to the times that you had to really learn to get something working, that was, that was also a very nice time. So... I've got my little den upstairs and I've got an RG45 connection that I still need to hook up. And I decided I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna hook up my, my upstairs uh, little den with the network. Cause then I connect it to the internet and the modern internet comes with all of its distractions and yada yada yada. So I have one laptop uh, Linux machine over there disconnected to the internet. Um, <clears throat> I use that one to download everything and to, to do what it has to do. And the rest, well, the rest is the rest. The rest is disconnected and gets fed with USB sticks and, and external drives and floppies uh, in order to restore them because they lived in a land where the internet was not abundant. And by the way, if you take a modern day uh, internet to a non-supported machine with a non-supported browser, it's kind of like lick in the toilet seat on the train station the, get, the, the chances that you'll catch something are pretty big and I'm not really looking forward to doing that but it's a beautiful experience to do that again to play around with all technology it feels like stepping into a spa after a long day at work it's this little tech jacuzzi that's, that's running on a different pace because one of the things that I've learned with working with these old machines is waiting. Patience. My God. Patience. 
installing Windows 98, that takes a while. You know, um, uh, putting about, I think, three gigabytes of pictures into a zip file uh, using the command line on a 900 megahertz machine with 256 megabytes of RAM. Megabytes, not gigabytes, megabytes. That takes a while. <laughs> and you have to learn the art of waiting again and thank the Matrix for all the magazines that I found because uh, then I dive into those and my journey to the past is complete. It's really fun. Um, last weekend when I went to my father-in-law I also started the next part of my collection. Now I've uh, I fetched most of the machines and I've also fetched a bunch of cables because you know um, a very simple DIN to PS2 connector. You can't find that anymore, but if you need to hook up a, a keyboard to a very old machine, you need that. And it's like stuff like that that I'm, that I'm looking into, that I'm working on, that I'm, that I'm collecting, and I'm digging through his office and his old bags, and, you know, piece by piece, I'm starting to get things home. Last week, it was time to bring home the CDs. So I've got six massive shopping bags filled with CD-ROMs that I have to sort out. So I'm going to collect and sort them out into OS disks and stuff like that. Uh, OS, OS disks, application disks, wares. There's a massive amount of wares on there. I had them all in the car and uh, I said to my dad-in-law, I said, like, if we take the cost of all of these software licenses that I have in my car right now and, and you would have actually had to pay for them, what would they have cost? And he said, like, I don't know, but I think there's a small street of houses in that car at the moment, you know. And it was back in the day, you could do that. Uh, they didn't even have BitTorrent, you know. They would, you know, copy CDs and exchange wares and stuff like that. It's beautiful. So I've got a, a lot of bags of outdated software that needed to be sorted. I've got magazines that I need to fetch. And he also has a complete cupboard of books that need to be sorted out. And there are things that are going to go to the recycling center. I cannot hoard them all. But I am going to try to keep some of the books like, you know, Windows 95, The Unwritten Guide, NT4, the NT4 Workstation, no, NT3.5 Workstation, The Missing Manual. You know, books like that. Office 97 for dummies, for idiots, for idiots. Before it was called for dummies, it was called The Idiot's Guide to Windows 97, to Office 97, and the books were orange and not yellow. I loved those things. I, I really enjoyed learning back then, and, and, and having them back is bad nostalgia. There is no productive use in there at all, but that's the nice part. There is no productive use in there at all. It's like sitting in a jacuzzi. There's no productivity in there at all. It's just the experience, and that's what retro PC uh, stuff is to me. So yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed my little journey down memory lane. And maybe you have a machine that you want to play with uh, from the past. Or that you want to teach your kids uh, about uh, or challenge them to, to do something with. You know, take them back to that, to that time. When things were harder, they couldn't do what they wanted to do. But there was, to me, maybe I'm just blasé, more magic in computing than they used to. So that was my little rant. I hope you enjoyed it. I will try if I find anything out that is interesting to keep you up to date 
But until then, I am going to go upstairs uh, this weekend, open up these little uh, one little iMac, clean it out, take good care of it, uh, nurture it, and uh, maybe I'll hook it up to uh, the internet just to connect with uh, this CyberDuck application to this web server uh, of Macintosh Garden and download some of that old software like Photoshop 2.0 or um, um, the Unarchiver 1.0 or, uh, or Toast to write CDs, stuff like that, and enjoy my little journey into the way back when computers were slow, frustrating, but also extremely satisfying to work with. Um, you can do your own episode for Hacker Public Radio if you're a listener. Just do what I do. Record it on your phone, in the car. You have all the modern day technology that you can. And, um, you know, enjoy talking about the things that you're passionate about. Submit it to the community and make a show for yourself. Until then, this was Nightwise from the nightwise.com podcast. The occasional walk to the edge of real and cyberspace where I, if I have the time, talk about technology and how to let it work for you. I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.